and uh, we were going to get right back into it. Cowboys suck. You should have waited for the show to start back, dude. Now I got to go fucking edit this. <laughs> You're such an asshole. It's the cold open now. Yep. All right. <laughs> Beat you to it. You're all, you all suck. I, I appreciate it. All right. Need to refocus. Hello and welcome to another victory edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can join us live over on twitch.tv slash Sons, And also subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to find your podcast at. And of course, you can always find us over at our home at HerLittleSons.com. And while you're there, come join us at Discord, HerLittleSons.com slash Discord. That is our live chat channel. With that... I bring in Shane. Shane, how you doing, my friend? I mean, I don't want to be like ungrateful, but I'm kind of glad the, the football weekend is almost over. <laughs> it, it's, it, was a, it was a rough one. Yeah, and I actually, uh, I decided to show my NFL pride, and right now it is turning into the most unwatchable Cowboys game I've watched all season. That's saying something, because we've already played the Dolphins. Uh, this oh. is This is bad. Eesh. Yeah, just, just, it's not, it's one of those SEC, uh, everybody wants to pretend it's a slugfest, but really it's just not good football. Yeah, it's not the SEC like Alabama LSU, it's the SEC like Ole Miss Arkansas from like 10 years ago, when no one, <laughs> no one could do anything, and it was like, oh shit, well, 6 nothing. let's all leave now. Yeah, and if anybody gets a touchdown at this point, I'll I'll be thrilled. Regardless, the score of who is it in the third to. quarter, and it's what nine to three, nine to three right now. And I actually have it on uh, through the the glory of PS View. I can watch my TV while I stream this. So uh, for some reason, I decided to go ahead and keep it on. So if you hear say. me, if you hear me react poorly to something, it is probably my own football team. Uh, but we are not here to talk about the Cowboys. We're not here to talk about the NFL. We are here to talk about college football and you know what speaking of unwatchable football there was a lot of that going on too this was a i I think you got your ass handed to you saturday yeah it was it it was kind of like uh yeah i i can't even i can't even put a word to it it it, even though you know the notre dame game ended up well and, and and some of the early games were compelling and interesting i just i found myself more often than not distracted because i wanted to be distracted almost like i just I there's got to be something you know I, there's got to be an errand I have to run <laughs> there, the windows of opportunity were all over there yeah. was I mean look wait we are saying uh, be, because we've we've been on a high especially after Notre Dame Georgia uh, that was you know an incredible uh, game to have and really have our full focus on there were some other good games we will cover them uh, there was some uh, eventful things and you know what let's just go ahead and start it right at the top um, yeah. because of this game, we now have a new number one team in the nation. It is no longer Clemson. It is Alabama, which funny. 
funny use of new <laughs> yeah <laughs> old is the new it's what is old is new again and yep. so we continue on and the ever time is a flat circle that's yeah, what i was going for yeah so uh clemson 21 north carolina 20 and um this game it, it was one of those things where i had my full focus on Notre dame virginia but i'm like oh okay yeah the score is tied at half whatever you know clemson's gonna wake up and they're just gonna curb some just like they always do they always win by double digits then the score never changed why okay it's time to bring up a second window and check out what's going on over here and what ended up happening in the fourth quarter uh and this was by the time i tuned in i tuned in right after north carolina tries to go for it on fourth down fails clemson gets the ball back and they drive it down the field uh you know Go figure. Lawrence and uh, Higgins are, are a great combination, and they finally found each other. Get a touchdown. Go ahead. Uh, 21 to um, 14 at the time. And then UNC responds. They drive all the way down the field, including a fourth down conversion. They get on the doorstep, and I'm just like, back, if you do it, you got to go for two, man. You have to. You have, you have to have go to. for two. Yeah. And I only saw one talking head actually disagree with it. Everybody else is like, uniformly, you, you yeah, have man. to do it. You know, look, if you're up against literally the number one team in the country and you have no fucking business being within a point of potentially winning, you do not extend the time. No, you, <laughs> you <do> eliminate it. <laughs> you do not let them have a chance to beat you. You, you got to go for it. Uh, and they do score. They get the touchdown. And, you know, it's and Mac immediately, you know, to his credit, uh, he's like holding two up right off the bat. Now, after that point, whatever the triple option weird ass play call they yeah. had was probably a very poor choice. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, they went for it. It failed. They almost had a really crazy because uh, there was a fumble on that play. Yeah. And had. It was funny. There was a receiver that felt like the play was over, so he stopped. Had he actually turned around and blocked his man, the the UNC recovered the fumble, hurdled yeah. a defender, but got hit by another Clemson guy. But if the receiver still finishes the play, yeah. you may end up having the most balls insane fumble recovery into the end zone yeah. whenever. I I look. I obviously we all agree with the decision, but bro, that call. <laughs> I mean, that was some okay. sim shit right there. Speed this option, let's do it. Like, you know, Mac is back, right? So Mac is back, and clearly his stamp on college football is immediately being felt, and he's got that quarterback, Sam Howell, who they literally said has a little bit of Baker Mayfield in him uh, on the broadcast. <laughs> but this is kind of where it feels like, isn't that the situation where you dig into your playbook, into the David chapters, the kill Goliath plays, right? Where you pull out the craziest trick shit you can put together. I feel like the fact that this is just his first year back after being gone for X amount of years retired, maybe he's missing that piece because that was the moment, was it not? Yeah, and usually on your two-point conversions, and I've actually been you know, with the team to watch them. Like when Notre Dame uh, went to the BCS and, and they were in Stanford back in 2005 when I was a manager on the football team, I called the play. I knew exactly what they were running. Why? Because they run it every single practice in case they get a chance to go for two. I knew it was going to be the direct snap. I saw it like, every, again, every single practice, every single week. That was the two point play. And everybody looked at me like I was Nostradamus. I'm like, no, I've seen this damn thing. I, I knew it was coming. Like, 
everybody has that play. So what Max said in the post game was that he radioed up to his offensive coordinator and said, Hey, you got a team, you got a play that's going to beat the number one team in the nation. And, and then Mac afterwards says, it's like, he said he did. He didn't. Nope. <laughs> that sure shit wasn't it. I mean, look, I mean, it's an option play. Uh, the, Clemson's strength has been that defensive line now for three years or, or more running. Like you're not going to beat them on the edge. Like, let's just be real. You, you have to be, I mean, I don't want to get like pit UCF about it, but you want to do a little bit of fucking, you know, Philly special shit. You want to pull something like that out. But yeah, I didn't agree with that. The option call. And dude, I'm, I'm laughing right now because Raina, I'm assuming that's Raina, right? This is Raina, yes. Yes. Uh, oh, man. This is she why you join no on chance. Twitch. <laughs> it's no pretty great. Uh, oh, hey, look, touchdown. They do exist. Good job, ah. Dallas. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it was Trevor Lawrence was restricted. Oh, I forgot. There was an onside kick at the end that nearly oh, yes. got recovered. Yes. It, it popped up. Clemson, it went off their hands. Unfortunately for UNC, they all ran past it. Yep. <laughs> they all went, oh, wait, where's the ball again? So that's, you know, when you play NCAA and you swear the CPU has determined you're going to lose this one. Yes. That's what that bounce felt like. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Mm-hmm. It happens. But uh, like I was about to say, Trevor Lawrence, pretty restricting this game, did not have a good game. 18 for 30, 206 yards, only one touchdown. And here's the crazy part. Clemson, as a team, only 125 rushing yards. 67 yeah, they went away from by Etienne Clemson early. It was extreme. Everything was weird. And, and I, I know we have a lot of angst as Notre Dame fans about how our offense isn't clicking. And look, this is a one off for Clemson. So I understand. Yeah. But look, this shit kind of happens to everybody. And really, Clemson was due because this hasn't happened to them in pretty much two years. And they've yeah. gone through a quarterback change. Yeah. So do, it, it, do you it, think UNC did anything to like contribute to the potential blueprint? Honestly, for from what I watched, no, it was just a case of Clemson didn't have it this particular Saturday. For whatever yeah. reason it was, they did not have it because North Carolina, it wasn't like they were doing anything spectacular or oh, no. yeah. unbelievably insane. You know, they only get three tackles for loss. They only get one sack. So it's not like they were in the backfield the entire time. Uh, I did see some highlights and breakdowns to where. Uh, there were a few extra quarterback hurries and, and the uh, seven is what they got credit for here in the box score. So there were some times where Lawrence was rushed. The offensive line didn't have their best game, but it wasn't a complete disaster. It was just, they came out uninspired and they almost had a full, as it was said right off the bat by the red plague and the Clemsoning was so close. We almost had, and this would have been a true Clemsoning. Yeah. Because basically they got in their own way the whole game, but yeah. Close, but no cigar. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the other ranked matchup. And honestly, it, it kind of went about like I expected to. Yeah. Washington beat Southern Cal 28 to 14. Uh, Slovis is still out uh, for, with injury. And so they, I don't think anybody was actually expecting them to play in this one. Uh, so you have uh, Matt Fink coming back out once again. And um, you know what? I, I have a theory, Shane, about mm-hmm. Southern Cal. And this probably has nothing to, there's no deep analytics to this. This is just what's happened so far. Hit me. Whenever they step outside the Coliseum, the, oh my God, they can install any quarterback and they just play great and the spread offense goes straight to hell. Nullified. <laughs> and for whatever reason, it only works. The voodoo only works inside the Coliseum, which is great for Notre Dame because they're on the road. 
Um, and Fink, 19 for 32, 163 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. And and yeah. that's the story right there. It's the turnovers, and, and they can never recover from them, uh, SC could. And, you know, uh, Washington, they go up 14 nothing right off the bat, and yeah. they really never look back. That's just – there's your game. First yeah, quarter, it's it. over. That was it. And, I mean, I, I don't want to look already ahead, but, I mean, we do have the by VG week. Uh, this week, but I, I, I can't help but think like after the performance Notre Dame just turned in against Virginia, if USC is struggling this hard on the offensive line now against, you know, I understand Washington is no slouch, but they're not the Washington of recent memory. They're not this utterly dominant, suffocating defense. Southern Cal can't get out of the out of the fact that, you know, their quarterback is the freshest freshman possible. I mean, the <laughs> third string like had no clue this was going to be a situation kind of guy and the o-line isn't protecting him so i just feel like this is gonna kind of be a fiesta in two weeks it's very possible that notre dame could just kind of tee off it, it could and and you're very right about the washington defense they only get one sack only five tackles for loss yep. no no quarterback hurries which is kind of insane but if you're running the spread offense right that's what happens but it's all self-inflicted wounds right now for sc and that's really the storyline and two of those turnovers were inside the red zone you you can't do that uh, they they have the makings of those Notre Dame teams that had so much talent in the skill positions and even at quarterback, and then they're just turning the ball over at the most inopportune times. Yeah. But again, it only seems to be happening on the road. When they're at home, everything seems to be fucking magic for them. I don't know what kind of voodoo they got going on in the Coliseum, but that's just been, it, it's been insane to watch. And again, there's no deep analytics other than I've seen it now twice. They pull this shit off at home and then they respond by going on the road and laying an egg. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, this was, like you said, not close, not competitive. This is supposed to be the tier of the Pac-12 where they're supposed to be kind of keeping things interesting. And now it feels like, you know, that's kind of a lost narrative. At this point, USC will... Even though they had that little bounce back, you know, they had Keaton Slovis potentially staving off the Clay Helton's fucked talk. I think, uh, you know, the proof's in the pudding. You, you can only stave it off for so long. Yeah. Uh, something's got to change over there. And it's it only it feels like a ticking time bomb. If this yeah. honestly, this feels like Weiss's last year where it's like, oh, maybe maybe they're figuring it out. No, 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 they're not. Oh, maybe. No. Oh, now we're just going to walk arm in arm in the Coliseum as uh, you're about to get your ass fired. That's where Pretty we're going much. right now. All right, well, let's talk about the last hope the Pac-12 had at any outside playoff chances. And oh, when it was Cal, maybe you should have known. It was a problem yeah. like, look, no no huge, some disrespect to Cal, but no huge disrespect to them. But we all knew it wasn't going to happen, okay? Yeah. And Herm, I swear to God, and, and look, I actually listened back to the Picks podcast where we both faded Herm and Eddie let it off. It's like, we know what's going to happen. It's Friday night. Herm's going to go win this, but we fade Herm in this household. He knew exactly what was going to happen. We both kind of knew it. This was an ugly, ugly ass game. Uh, but uh, really, Arizona State's rushing attack ends up being the big difference in this one. Uh, they get 191 yards on the ground as a team. Um, Cal defense, too. Yeah, and, and that was what surprised me, was that Cal coughed that up. Because when they beat Washington, now granted there was all kinds of weird uh, weather delay stuff going on. Uh, but that's not exactly what I was expecting from them, was to you know parlay that into a couple efforts that looked less inspired. Uh, Eno Benjamin, the leader in the clubhouse with 100 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Man, it's 
freaking crazy. The, the, the entire Pac-12, we knew it was going to be a demolition derby, but n- not quite like this. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Herm Edwards, like he must have signed some really devious contract. And like the whole premise was, please just go in there and fuck it all up. Just make sure <laughs> every year you just fuck it all up. Don't win six games. Don't even win five if you don't have to. But just make sure whoever's in the lead, fuck their shit up. Just do it. Because the Pac-12 does not belong. And look, to Herm's credit, he's doing whatever he has to do to get some results. I don't think he's going to be a world beater. He could very well, you know, just be seven, eight win coach and gives people some heart attacks, which he's been consistently doing. And look, they're four and one right now. Yeah. And with the way the Pac-12's lying out, it's just who knows? Maybe, maybe you, you fuck around and win 10 games. It could very well happen because. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those situations where you really can't hate the player or the game. <laughs> no, you, all you can just do is sit, sit, stare and marvel like, oh, it's happening ah, all over again. It's happening to all of us again. That's Speaking of happening all over again, anybody that took Texas A&M by four TDs is an absolute moron. I want money on this game. I told you what was going to happen. The only thing that I got wrong in this game was that it did not go to overtime. It, oh, yeah, it almost did. It, yeah, it, it was funny. Uh, I think it was, a field, it was a field goal at the end that Arkansas got. I'm like, oh, thank God. They got it to a point where we cannot go to overtime unless yeah. we really get stupid. And even yep. now, we cannot be this dumb. Uh, 31 to 27, your final Texas A&M outlasts Arkansas. And really, that's the best way I can put it. It was uninspired play. Texas A&M, look, I know they got a rough schedule. And I know that this was kind of a trappish game for them, even though this game's always weird. Look, they're looking ahead to the rest of the schedule. I understand that. But they got some problems, man. Kellamon did not look very good again. Um, you know, that being said, he still went 23 for 35, 251 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, but the rushing attack, 89 yards, didn't look great. And this is an Arkansas team that just lost to San Diego State. I, I do not know how you cannot have a rushing attack against Arkansas. More importantly, they lost to San Jose. State. Oh, San Jose. <laughs> Excuse me. I said San like, Diego. My bad. Like the one that hasn't done shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> This is a bad Arkansas team. And, you know, the, the, the problems for Texas A&M, I still feel like, and I just, I can't get over it. I just feel like the receiving core, I, I, I forget they exist. I, I understand that, he, that uh, Kellen Mond isn't exactly lighting the world on fire. He never really has. He had a couple of good games, especially the Clemson game last year. But then the revisit this year was like, a, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's gone. That's not anymore what's happening here. The offense on Texas A&M, and Texas A&M's offense in particular, just doesn't seem to know what they want to do. They don't, need to, they don't seem to have the ability, hey, much like Notre Dame, to seize control, to seize control of a game when they need to. Absolutely. And instead, they just kind of allow the other team's offense to get enough time to exhaust the defense and stick around. This is a bad result. I, I understand they won, but this is a real bad look. It's a hell of a lot of money that Texas A&M has spent on Jimbo to do who knows what to the offense. I mean, it just, again, it's, it's where's the identity because that receiving core, extremely talented. They got lots. I mean, they have decent amount of speed. Uh, obviously, they were slower than Auburn. That was very obvious last week. Um, but, but here's the other thing that you, you mentioned the defense. Are we not sure that Mike Elko's magic wasn't directly connected to Clark Lee? Because uh, no, 
<laughs> because here, here's the other storyline of this. The starting quarterback for Arkansas got knocked out at the beginning of the game. So they were, for the large, large part of this game, were facing the backup. And they still gave up 300 pa- nearly 300 passing yards. This, what? Yeah. What, what do you, I don't understand what Elko's doing over there. They don't get, they barely get any pressure on the quarterback at all. Only three hurries they get credit for with two sacks. Um, I mean, look, Clark Lee seems to be the magician. That He's the man behind the curtain. Elko got the payday. I, I mean, we're going to talk about the Notre Dame game eventually at the end of the show here. But I mean, what better demonstrations do you need week over week? Maybe the first half isn't great. But tell me those second half adjustments are absolutely fucking devastating. I don't see the same from Elko. No, I don't. I'm sorry. It, 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 it got demonstrably. That's nullifying offenses. It got worse in the second half for the Aggies. Yeah. And, and really, Arkansas had a chance to win this game all the way up to the very end. It, it really. I, and huh, if, if there was a little bit more of an accurate pass at the end of the game, they, they may have a shot to go ahead and win the whole damn thing. But the, the thing is, here, here's the other truth of this series. Somehow Texas A&M owns this craziness. Somehow they, they come out and they win the damn thing practically every single time. But, mm. man, what a crazy ass feel like it. <laughs> no. All right. Um, there's a hashtag I got for you to, to contact one Pat Fitzgerald. And uh-huh. that is hashtag learn when to go for two dummy. Because this game, Wisconsin, I don't even know... Apparently, you fired your entire load against Michigan, and then you just came up with dust when you walked it at home to Northwestern. Twenty-four to fifteen is your final, and the reason I said learn when to go for two, dummy, is because Pat Fitzgerald. Oh, thank you, uh, Lohuck, for the the follow. Um, <laughs> he is down at the time fifteen, and he goes for two yeah. to bring it within thirteen. And yep. and then because he failed two the first time, he then Northwestern apparently finds an offense, which was weird. And by finding an offense, I mean Wisconsin was just like, "Fuck it, can we go home now?" And are we done? <laughs> and <laughs> so then they miss two again. So now, now all of a sudden, you get what the final score is: twenty-four to fifteen. And if you're doing the math at home, they are down nine. They lost by nine. If he just kicks extra points, you're down by only seven. So he continued to extend extra possessions for this one. And it's so beautiful that he did that after coming out with piss and vinegar that the 40,000 Twitter people on Twitter (laughs) that knows more than he does about the offense. Um, Yeah, Yeah, apparently we know how to do math, motherfucker. I tweeted the joke that that this game had no pats, only Fitzgerald. (laughs) 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 <laughs> this guy doesn't get it. I mean, I, I don't get it. Is this not the second week at some point this year that he's done this kind of dumb shit where he's trying to justify that he you needed the three or, or you needed the, the like you're not. There's no analytics involved. Like <laughs> the, the only person nodding his head in agreement was Pat Narduzzi, who, yeah. by the way, nearly lost to Delaware this week. Mind Yo, you should have. Jesus, lost to Delaware this week. Jesus Christ. But yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, first of all, can I just take a step back? Um, Wisconsin, real quick, respect for the whole history thing. Never wear those uniforms again. What? what those, those were, were literally, I mean, those uniforms were such garbage. I'm pretty sure that's where they found them. Why, why are you wearing basically Harbaugh's khakis out on the field? 
dude, I, I swear to God, for a second, I turned it on and I'm like, everyone's wearing no pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then I saw, okay, never mind. I saw some of the black athletes. Okay, clearly they're, they're not nudes. They're just horrifying khakis. No problem. But yeah, I, this, this game was, was annoying in that, you know, you, we're looking at this Wisconsin team. I'm, I'm actually excited to watch Wisconsin games this season because they have an absolutely suffocating, like mortifyingly dominant defense. And I love watching games that involve defenses going apeshit. But, you know, I should have known better. It was a Northwestern game. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the total combined yards for both teams under 500. 255 for Northwestern, so hey, you outgained them. Congratulations. 243 for Wisconsin, and Wisconsin wow. got the majority of the points from pick sixes. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, they got the two defensive touchdowns, I believe it was. Yep. And, and I, was, I was like, maybe they'll cover. <laughs> maybe they'll just F around and cover here. Uh, only 130 rushing yards uh, for Wisconsin as a team. Uh, so it's it was not great. And uh, Jonathan yeah. Taylor, I mean, he gets over 100 yards, but pretty restricted. His longest was 15. He didn't really have the big breakouts like he did against yeah. Michigan. So I don't know. Yeah, he also had an uncharacteristic fumble, which he immediately recovered. But like you could tell he was a little off. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. It, and I think Melfi nailed it. It was absolutely a hangover game. It was just. Yep. Oh, it was a mess. Well, I mean, they just did, did way too many shots beating the shit out of Michigan. It's just like, well. <laughs> Yeah, the, there's there's nothing left in the chamber there. All right, so now now we're going to get to the murder part. And we're going to rapid fire through a lot of these. Uh, yep. And by a lot of them, I mean the rest of them. So Pretty much. let's just go ahead and get straight to the murder. Alabama 59, Ole Miss 31. And the score was not as close as the yep. final would indicate. Uh, basically what happened, if you want a quick summary of the game, is Ole Miss... Uh, made it look like they had a chance in the first quarter, and then Alabama remembered they were Alabama. And Tua Tagovailoa found uh, Devin Smith for five TDs in this... Oh, Devonta, not Devin, excuse me. Devonta Smith for five TDs in this game. Whew. Yeah. Um, I was going to make a joke. It's like, uh-oh, Alabama, giving up 31 points. It's like, they were just like, just score until you're out of the building, please. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, Ole Miss did the classic, you know, let's keep it interesting. And then they scored a really cool touchdown at the beginning. And then that was it. 30, um, 31 points in the second quarter unanswered that uh, Alabama scored. <laughs> yeah, that's how you murder someone. Yeah, and, and uh, 14 junk points for Ole Miss at the end. Uh, yeah, it was, oh, God, just evil. Well, we had a request that we skip Nebraska. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> forty-eight to seven is your final. Ohio State just absolutely takes Nebraska to the woodshed. And and one of the funniest things, so Nebraska, they have this tradition where they release balloons after they score their first touchdown. It was something else to see that tradition continue while they're down by damn near forty. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, respect, th- respect for sticking to it and sticking with your team. But that was hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just, you know, I just can't help but feel it's like we were going to skip Nebraska, but Ohio State already did. Um, it, this is, uh, this was just a shit, this was just a shit show. I got to say, man, Justin Fields, as for, for you know, you can, you can talk down the competition to whatever extent you really want. Man, Justin Fields is the real fucking deal. I can't, I feel like we're getting close to it being undeniable. That kid's really good. Ohio State is, look, and, and obviously the Big Ten is its own kind of weird thing right now overall. I get that, but here's the thing. Ohio State looks really, really damn scary. 
Yep. And and they had the basically uh, again they failed to cover against FAU. They they kind of let them hang around. Things were a little awkward. Ever since then, it's been just straight murder. Every single time they look the way we expect Clemson to look week after week after week after week. So AK Dobbins, man, that's a that I don't think I've seen a defender catch him on the edge. Oh, that and, dude is not getting stopped. And he's ready to bowl people over if you do manage to get in front of him. And he was running hard all the way to the end. He has 177 rushing yards on his own uh, fields. He only has to throw the ball 21 times, completes 15 of them for 212, gets three touchdowns. He also gets a touchdown rushing. He has 72 on, with his feet. It was, oh, man. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it was something else. It was something else. Uh, absolute murder. Speaking of absolute murder, let's fly over to the Big 12. Speaking of another team just clicking all cylinders, Oklahoma 55, Texas Tech 16. Uh, yep. Warned y'all that this is like the total is only 70 because of Oklahoma. Yeah. And it, <laughs> so that, that was yeah. the only reason it actually got hit. I was shocked and also pissed off. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Oklahoma just absolutely wrecks it. Uh, Jalen Hurts, seven okay, seventeen for twenty four. Just remember, he only completed seventeen passes. When I say this next number, seventeen passes, four hundred and fifteen yards. <laughs> and here's how it happened: throw ball, nobody can tackle guy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Constantly, bye. just constantly. Yep. Uh, this is a, a classic game. shootout matchup. But at this point, I think we should all understand that the Big 12 serves one single purpose this year, and it's to make Jalen Hurts look fucking amazing. <laughs> because, you know, it's the conference with no defense, and he is proving that. <laughs> he absolutely is. He, he's not only proving it. And, and Oklahoma, look, this isn't obviously the Texas Tech we're used to seeing put a lot of points on the board. They're not as good this year, but Oklahoma's defense still especially by Big 12 standards, really good. I mean, basically, yep. it's going to be the game against Texas, and that's the only hope. And then it'll, it'll repeat. It'll likely be Texas and OU right all over again. Maybe yep. Bedlam gets weird, but I'm not expecting it right now. Um, it's just a murder machine right now. Um, Pretty much. Well, if you were thinking Auburn uh, was a fluke against Texas A&M, ask Mississippi State how they're feeling. Uh, when even your mascot bulldog is getting run over after, yeah. after scores. Oh, oh man, I was legit like, oh my god, <laughs> can we pause the game for a second? Because I love how they had a follow up sideline report to make everyone the dog is okay. Everybody, <laughs> the dog has a Twitter account and came out tweeting like, I'm good, guys. <laughs> I was like, wow, uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't think. You know, I, I understand, you know, the Clemsons, uh, Alabamas, and even at this point, Oklahoma, Ohio State. But in terms of dominant defensive lines, like, I don't think any is more immediately apparent on the screen than Auburn's right now. I mean, the, the way they just kind of, like, nullify guards, like, it's kind of nothing. Um, it's, it's impressive. And, I mean, Mississippi State kept in the game for a little while, and then Auburn just, <laughs> bye. Auburn <laughs> scored 21 points yeah. in, both in both quarters of the first half. They had 42 <laughs> points at the half. It was 42 to nine. And it was just like, well, I'm finding another game to, to watch yeah. <laughs> tonight. I feel like Mississippi State is like, can we just running clock? Fuck this. Yeah. And, and Bo Nix, 16 for 21, 335, two touchdowns. He also rushes for 56, one touchdown, 217 rushing yard for Auburn. That's, yeah, damn. folks, if you're doing the math, that's, uh, 
let's see. Uh, I, I failed to do the math. I, I almost calculated wrong. That's just a, a, a shade under uh, over 570. Yeah. <laughs> or under 580. My bad. Uh, that's. Whew. Oh, damn. Uh, I can see how K-State beat you, Mississippi State. But uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, Mississippi State. I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. All right. Next up. Oh. So Maryland, this is back. Oh. Let's, let's work back to Friday. Maryland oh. cancels classes. They said, we want the students to pack that stadium. We're going to yeah. add extra seats. We want you to show up. We want you to be there. We want you to be loud. We're going to take on ranked Penn State, and we're going to get our asses handed to us 59 to nothing. 59 to nothing. Now, has there been a bigger paper tiger than freaking Maryland this season? Goes from the top offense, and really, we all thought this might be something because we were convinced Syracuse might actually be a functional football team. It's absolutely clear they're not at this point. And Maryland, ever since that game, they got exposed by Temple, and it has just been ugly ever since. I thought they may, you know, play up a little bit. Weird Friday night game, but no, even weird Friday night could not stop the fact that Maryland is probably not a good football team. Can we just say, like, this is a Big Ten game. <laughs> like, 59 to nothing. They stole all of Ten Wisconsin's game. points. <laughs> Can you talk about one of these things not being like the others more than this situation? I mean, Maryland, yeah. We, we, I, I genuinely respected Maryland after week two because I just thought, like, okay, we have, you know, more than a single sample. You know, we got, you know, they clearly are scoring at a crazy clip. And then Temple showed up. And then that was that. I mean, <laughs> that was it. Basically, the, the state of Pennsylvania just came around to say, fuck your state, Maryland, because here we are two weeks in a row beating the shit out of you. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, speaking of um, Big Ten-like scores, on Michigan-like uh, scores, 52 to nothing, Michigan bounces back against Rutgers. This is only here to let you know that it happened and to let you know that because even the analytics, it was funny. I saw some Notre Dame fans really upset at the SP+. Plus. That Michigan catapulted. <laughs> Look, Ugh. this is what happens when data uh, confirms its own bias. <laughs> it shoots yep. them back up. It says, yep. oh, this Wisconsin thing was an anomaly. Here's the Michigan we expected. Um, Against Rutgers. <laughs> Sometimes sports math is fun, but uh, look. Rutgers is bad. Michigan was able to put it together. Shea Patterson actually scores some touchdowns with his feet this time, but again, it's Rutgers. Going to be yeah, very interesting. Going to be very interested to see what happens when they run into Sparty and when they run into that murder machine of Ohio State. And I still am not afraid of them going into the big house. I'm not right at now. all. I, I'm. You know what? I'm. This part. Part of me is like I'm glad this happened. I'm actually ecstatic this happened because here we go. Michigan's going to be walking around with their, you know, their pants back and fucking back around their ankles and their shirts <laughs> off and shit. Yeah, look at us. Be fucking moc. I want that. Please, please carry that energy into the next ass whooping you get. I hope that's happens. All right. Well, we got one more ass whooping to cover. Before we get there, I do uh, want to. There was something in the chat uh, from our new follower. Uh, 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 I think it's Lohu Kick or something. I can't. Man, I'm bad at Loha? bad at Twitch names. But uh, thoughts on SMU being ranked? Here, here's my main thought. It's awesome because right now they're still undefeated, and yeah. and for for a program. And look, in my area, because I live in the Dallas area, it, it has been hard for people to get excited about SMU football, no matter what they've tried to do. Even when they've had decent seasons, they still haven't been able to do anything. So the fact that they're kind of catching on fire right now and that they could make a little look, UCF kind of fucked some things up earlier. 
So if SMU just makes a little bit more noise and they can keep things going. Yep. Then we can have two annoying fan bases in the country. <laughs> well, here's the problem. You won't be hearing national title talk out of SMU. They'll just be like, Hell no. like wait a second. Wait, what is this number by our name? Everybody that was used to SMU being good has stopped caring about SMU football for some time. So, yeah, it, I got to say, it's the first time they're ranked. Since I've been alive, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's been a while, and and look, oh. they they took out TCU in very convincing manner, and TCU hopped back and beat the hell out of Kansas. So this isn't just them uh, beating up on Group of Five. Uh, it's something to keep an eye out for. Uh, don't have time to do much more in the recap for that though, but I, I did oh. want to get that in there. Uh, so I'm, I love our audience being able to keep up with that. But Art. we got something else that we have to attend to right now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> And yes, folks, it is time for the Night's Watch, UCF 56, UConn 21. Congratulations, UConn. You covered a rival- too many points in a rivalry game. Too many points <laughs> for the civil conflict, which they found the trophy, Shane. Yeah, I, I still question that. I saw it. Some dude was just like, what the fuck? Standing next to the trophy like we just had to know. It's at a tailgate. It was at a, a UCF tailgate. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know if someone actually just pilfered that shit and was like, you're coming with me to get beer every fucking weekend, or if it's a replica or what. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad it showed up because it definitely showed up before UConn did. Um, they, uh, UConn was out of the building by halftime. It was already, what, 42 to nothing at the half. Yep. You know, they finally subbed in the ninth fucking string in the third quarter, and, you know, UConn gets a touchdown and then two more to end, to end the game. But dude, this UCF team, I just I'm kind of running out of ways to 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 to, to explain how good they are. They, this they're running back this kid named Killens. I I've seen you know some very speedy backs, especially out of the West Coast in the past couple of years. But this dude explodes and just torches defenses. I mean, he's just gone. Three carries, um, seventy-seven yards. The majority of them from a seventy-five yard carry. Yeah, <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah, it's it's I just I'm just I'm just I'm appreciating it because this is something that I just feel like, you know, I know UCF is is it's getting the, the bad rap. I feel like kind of deservedly so for its fans being excessively pushy and definitely for uh, their AD declaring a national title. I, I get all that stuff is absolutely annoying. Objectively, that's just annoying shit. I, lo- I love that, home. though. I, I so it's, love that. I kind of love how annoying it is. <laughs> because they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck, and they don't care who you're bringing. You can put anybody in the schedule so long as apparently you get a one-for-one one and not a two-for-one. 
Um, and uh, yeah, they're they're willing to kick that ass. Not that they did much against UConn because they're barely a team, but you know, I just I'm just enjoying this this 50 plus pointer every week. Yeah, it was it was something else to watch. Uh, unless you were some idiot degenerate that's like, oh, they're going to keep this going in the second half, and then watch. Oh, yeah. Watch, watch UConn claw, crawl back into it. Uh, and, and poor Brandon Wimbush. Yeah, man. I don't know what's going on there. I, uh, look, something, something's gone down as far man. as their opinion of him or whatever it is, because uh, he got a handful of snaps in absolute garbage time. His stat got- line is the saddest stat line I've ever seen in a box score. <laughs> one for one, negative one yards. That's how many passes. And he didn't even get positive yards out of it, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say at this point. Um, I, I, you can, you can kind of speculate, but I just don't think, I just don't think he's better than the, any of the other three quarterbacks. I just think Daryl Mack, first of all, is back. And I mean, they're not going to put him, they're not going to put Wimbush in over Mack. Right. What Mack did last and, year. And Gabriel's still playing very and well. Gabriel is, is actually legit. I mean, he's a freshman, but he's, it's the Hawaii shit. So it's kind of like, I mean, Brandon went from one situation where he was um, superseded by, I guess, a superior product to another one where he was super- superseded by three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel for him. I, I was hoping he was going to get to run some craziness uh, with UCF. Just didn't work out. Uh, yeah. And sometimes, man, football's rough, especially when you're transferring. Uh, it's... It- it does not work hey, out more often than not, and that's. I'm sorry that's to say truth. it, but ask Malik Sayer how that went. You know what I mean? Pretty much. Ask, ask Shea Patterson how it's going for him yeah, too. Dude. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there is one more game to discuss, and that is Notre Dame's. But first, we got to take a quick break, and we will be back with some Notre Dame and Virginia talk. Like I said, there's one more game to discuss. It was really the marquee game as far as rankings and everything else go. Uh, 18, number 18, Virginia, who manages to stay in the top 25 after this. Uh, Notre Dame actually moves up to number nine after this game. 35 to 20, your final. And oh my dear God, the story is the defense, the defense, the defense. Holy shit, son. (laughs) Yeah, yes, that's most of the story, but the rest of it is the offense, though. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about the defense first. Yeah, let's yeah, before yeah, fine, before fine. we really dive into the <laughs> stuff that warrants a little further discussion. Um, the defense absolutely insane. Eight sacks on the day. I did not say that wrong. Eight sacks, thirteen tackles for loss, and five quarterback hurries on top of that. If you're wondering how Notre Dame was going to handle a very mobile quarterback, one and very talented wide receivers that were making catches and making plays, the answer was, you know what? We should do that pass rushing thing where we just hit the quarterback every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Lo and behold, it works. The the right tackle. It was, oh man, it was absolutely incredible uh, to to watch that absolute work of art go down. Uh, It was incredible for a half. Let's be real. Right. Yes. Because um, we, we, we were we were losing at halftime. <laughs> this is this is the thing that we we saw similarly in week one. Right. At, at Louisville, they, you know, a mobile quarterback. They they don't throw any wrinkles this time. Not like Louisville did. These this about it boiled down to Bryce Perkins just fucking dealing and, and doing well in the first half. And, uh, you know, the the defense doing its best 
to keep things in front of them, keep things manageable. But the first quarter, the first half also included exposures on the opposite side where the offense just could not put it together consistently. But then the second half, man, like, I don't know what the fuck Clark Lee does at halftime. It may be like a five yard line of Coke or something, but he comes out with these adjustments that are just, they are, it's lights out. The third quarter was just a, it was one team on the field. And then the fourth quarter, it was, um, I mean, enough for them to try to get back into it. But it is, it was pure suffocating defense. And this is kind of what we've been waiting to see out of them. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've said it in the sim. We've said it every game. Where's this password chat? Julian Aquara, you said you wanted 18 and a half sacks. Well, you're going to need to get like five of them, like right out against Virginia. Let's see if you can do that because they haven't given up many sacks at all. And lo and behold, he goes and just, he, he wanted some cookies. Three. He's like, you know what? <laughs> I want some cookies. Here's three sacks. I'm going to go ahead and uh, strip a couple of these as well. <laughs> Yeah, um, two force fumbles. Absolutely. It was a joy to watch, uh, especially with the offense struggling. And, and really, the biggest, I think, kudos you can give to the defense was because the way the half started was Notre Dame was supposed to get the ball back on offense and and we're, we're just going to go ahead and erase all the bad memories and then we cough up an onside kick. It's like, oh, shit, here we go. This is where everything falls apart. The defense... Stands up, gives up only a field goal. Well, no, they didn't even give up a field goal there. I forgot about that. Nope. They, they gave up no points. So then it, it was basically a flip field. They they pin the Irish. Offense does nothing. Defense, all right, here we go again. Again, gives up no points. And then all of a sudden, the floodgates open. And, yep. and whatever, I don't know if they just wore Virginia down. I don't know if Clark Lee saw something in half and did some wizardry up in the booth or whatever. But whatever changed worked, ears were pinned back, and then all of a sudden, Virginia had no hope of winning the football game. Yeah, man. I mean, at that point, you know, the sack party started, basically. It was just, you know, eight sacks later, and <laughs> Bryce Perkins needs every fucking ice bath possible. And, you know, but it, and that you need to feel good about where this Notre Dame defense oh, is. Oh, absolutely. It is out fucking rageous how good they are. And I mean, all three levels. Remember how much time we spent sweating the linebackers? <laughs> Do you remember? Doesn't that seem silly? Well, it does, and it's really interesting. And this is where you got to hat tip the coaching staff as well. They said, look, we got two weeks where we can kind of figure out who we're going to rotate in and out. And we're going to make up our minds by Georgia. Because in Virginia, again, we didn't see a whole lot of linebacker rotation. Nope. It's Drew White, it's Asmir Bilal, and it's Wu at Rover. And there you go. There, there's your three. It's, it's yep. question answered. There's no doubt about it. And we're going to go send Shane Simon to go kill, oh no, Bo Bauer to go kill everybody in special teams, apparently. Yeah, Bo Bauer really likes beating the shit out of people. <laughs> I mean, he loves, you can just see it. When he hits somebody, he just gets up and he's like, again! <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, we, we had it mentioned in chat by uh, J-Train about uh, Dalen Hayes being knocked out of the shoulder injury. We'll take him out for the entire season. Um, yep. But we did all this without him. That's the crazy yeah. part. Uh, the whole game. Yeah, Jameer Jones is probably uh, going to find himself a lot more playing time now. Uh, yeah. His red shirt might be a little bit burned, and it may go flip over to Dalen uh, for him to come yeah, back right? next year. That, that's the way to do Which, it. Give him a fifth year. I mean, I, this one thing I love about the uh, this rule because those medical hardships are were always so hard to win. Yeah. 
when it's yeah. like, well, he he played like a quarter of the season. It's like that's stupid. You only get twelve games, man. Like seriously, yeah, man. Yeah, it's not a baseball season. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean the the defense, you know, and, and, and as if it wasn't enough, Kyle Hamilton gets his beautiful little interception. I mean, perfect interception. <laughs> Can we just talk about the position, the read, the distance, the closing speed, the catch? Everything he's, was. He's perfect. so good. It's ridiculous God how good damn. he is. <laughs> I cannot wait because you know I'm, I I tweeted it at the time, but I swear he's gonna be pulling up. He's gonna pull an Irish chocolate his own way and pull up on offense one one of these fucking years, <laughs> and people are not gonna know what to do. I can't I can't wait for that to happen. I I really wouldn't be surprised, and honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to throwing him on offense right now just to see Dude, what would happen. He's he could do it. I mean, he's gonna put on some more weight. Eventually, he's just gonna be like, hey man. Let's do like a four four tight end set. Just throw me in there. <laughs> you remember those old uh, leprechaun days? Go put me back and yeah. direct snap it to me. Let's just get Dude, weird. I bet he could throw a fucking beautiful touch pass too. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> throw me in that quarterback. See what happens. Uh, yeah, it, just so many great things. And Alohi Gilman uh, gets an interception too because of that quarterback pressure as well. Uh, just the defense. This It's a national championship caliber defense. That, that's yeah. the bottom line. But yeah. it is complemented with a middling Big Ten offense. Very, that is exactly right. An Iowa of 2001 offense of just a, I don't know, <laughs> I try to run it. <laughs> and it's one of those things because here's, here's the thing. Uh, the offense isn't bad per se. Now, now, when I say it isn't bad, I mean it's not going to fail to put points on the board. It's going to be able to function when it actually has things clicking. The problem is the execution is not anywhere close where it needs to be. Ian Book is still not where he needs to be right now. So, therefore, you get the headaches, you get the hair pulling, and then you get a drive every now and then. You're like, where's this been? Can yes. we not do this thing? And speaking of where's this been, Tony Jones Jr., have yourself a freaking day. 18 oh. carries, 131 yards. Three touchdowns, y'all, for 30 yard and he had one of them was the 30 yard dagger at the very end. Yep. He did so awesome. It was so great uh to watch him just explode through the line. It's nice that he got to do something besides pass block for an entire game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the big argument or the big, I guess, indictment on him after Georgia was like he was put in there and like they just had they abandoned it before it started. So it kind of was, he was the representative of that. So he was kind of associated with, man, hey, maybe he's not, not a good runner. You know, we got no running game right now because Jafar's gone. But it's like, um, y'all can just shut the fuck up now. <laughs> because clearly he was not recruited to block. He was recruited to be, you know, the back to be relied upon when called upon. And a little bit more of a power back, but he's got some speed. And this, I mean, this is not a slouchy Virginia defense. This was, this was, this was a team that had stamped its season on second half comebacks on second half, put it away and, and really like established that they deserved the win. And this time Tony Jones basically took them off of that entirely because it wasn't Ian book. I'll tell you that fucking much. Yeah, I and mean, He was running people over. Sebo was running people over and, and one of those, the, his too. touchdown run, but there were four rushing touchdowns in this game and, and that should yep. not go unnoticed either because one of the other big knocks against this offense was, man, that offensive line just in those short yardage situations, it just looks atrocious. If they get by the goal line, they can't punch it in. Well, both of those things happen in this game. Now, it wasn't with regularity, 
But look, it's not at least with the way this offensive line and this offense is right now, when everybody knows it's coming, they're going to be perfectly fine with selling out for the run because they're not afraid book can beat them right now. So it's going to be yeah. tougher. But there was plenty of times and NBC actually highlighted it where the entire offensive line is five yards downfield because they are whipping everybody's ass on the yeah. defensive front. And it yeah. was and, and this is not a slouch defense, folks. I know they haven't had um, super incredible, you know, uh, opponents that they played against, but they played against pretty decent teams. Uh, and one of them being Florida State, who has apparently picked themselves up off the mat and actually looking like a functional team now. So mm-hmm. they're, they're not playing ODUs every week. Let's put it that way. Right. right. And Fair. Bronco Mendenhall knows how to coach defense. And they just got their asses handed to them. So you're just hoping, book, whatever happened when things were clicking for you at first just just do that because you don't need yeah. to press and i'm hoping that this rushing this running attack is like look we still got it man we just couldn't do it against georgia so don't think you have to do everything and and one of the other things to keep going back to is how easy that first drive against louisville was when he had yeah. jafar armstrong and, and jones in the same formation he didn't have commit but you, you almost have a feeling that he was so dependent on that being there that as soon as part of that running game disappeared, he went into, I got to take everything over mode. And and he just yeah. hasn't recovered from that point. Because that's what I've been trying to rack my brain is, you know, what is going on with them? Because, look, he was going to regress no matter what, because what he was doing was not sustainable. But where he's at right now is still way further back than any kind of, you know, regressing to the mean. He's way way past that mean right now and that's not great yeah he's the the i guess the 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 proportion of regression relative to the amount of success he had last year it feels like it's like we had it's like two quarterbacks it feels like we had that ian book for a year and now we have a little bit of freshman tommy reese like it's just a, a little it's just indecisiveness kind of a, a bit of like unnecessary extra panic that he didn't that he lacked like last year he had a significant amount more composure uh maybe patience measure uh he, he read the field more steadily and mind you he did not have a Cole Komet to the extent that he has the Cole Komet he's got now he didn't seem to panic or get as flustered as he is now it's so readily available to him the run like he doesn't do one, two, three progression, fourth progression. Wow, that's not there either. Fuck it, I'm running. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one run one, or two run. You know, it's like one run or one, two at best run. Yeah. And, and it is kind of scary. And, and the other thing I've been, you know, stuff that I, I, and I honestly need to go back and watch some of our other games just to see, but it feels like the actual RPO elements that he excelled with. And, and I don't mean just the read option, but the actual, hey, I'm going to, you know, fake the handoff and oh, there's Claypool right there. Let's go ahead and do that quick slant. Where have those gone? It's like yeah. that part of the playbook doesn't exist anymore. Whatever part of that is missing, it took Chris Fink fucking with it, right? And, well, man. Hey, what the fuck? You're, when your captains on offense are both having head-scratching games week after week, it's I'm not even sure what to say because Fink, the the uncharacteristic drops, the muff punt, which I – and the, the whole reason he was there was because we know one thing's for certain – 
He will not he drop the damn ball. He and, and he didn't only drop it. He looked like it was the first time he had returned a punt on that one. Yeah. Because yeah, Kyle Hamilton had to comfort him on the sideline. I was like, oh, damn, that's a bad one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, like, good for Kyle, you know, stepping up into a leadership role early, but that yeah. that's not the way it's supposed to work. He's got the big old C on his, on his fucking jersey, and a freshman's like, there, there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's something that you believe they just need a confidence boost, and thank God BBG's coming into town. Oh man, I can't <laughs> because I can think of no better way to get that confidence boost back. Because look, it, let's also be honest about what Notre Dame has been and gone through. They, it's very clear the first two weeks they were trying to figure a lot of different things out. And Georgia, they came with it was the first week they had a fully functional game plan of both ends on the ball of we're doing this, we're sticking to it. Virginia right. was the second week of we're doing this, we're sticking to it. As as Brian Kelly said in the post game press conference, I told all my assistants to be stubborn, to to yeah. do something and stick with it because and really what that says to me was stop trying to to get cute and scheme your way around it. Yeah, do what we know we can do and stick to it. Don't panic, just freaking do it. And and it showed by we're just going to keep feeding Jones, and it ended up working out just fine. We're going to go ahead and, you know, on the defense, hey, we're just going to tell our guys to do what they know how to do on the line, and things ended up working out. So that's where you hope that it can keep building because, yeah, we got the by VG week right now, and and then, and now you're going to go into to SC, then you got a buy, then you got, uh, well, actually, no, is it, it's a buy. I can't remember the buys. I know it's before Michigan, but I forget where it lines up the schedule. Off the top of my head. I'll look that up real quick. I, I believe you. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I know we have uh, Bowling Green, then we have USC, and then... Mm. Yeah, it is. It's, it's by the Michigan, so I did have it right in my head. I still, go. I still got some of my brain cells working. Believe That's it or right. Not. The USC the USC buy sandwich. It was the USC-Michigan were, were sandwiches. Right. So, so you, you really hope you can get it back together. You can get some people healthy, too. Because when SC comes around, you're hoping Jafar is healthy. And if that happens, if, if that actually does happen and Jafar Armstrong is healthy, then you're like, okay, Ian, everybody's here now. Let's go do some 2018 shit, please. And let's just yeah. keep moving on because no, you look, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like this next week, you need to iron out every fucking thing you can, because this is like a, a dummy team. It's practice. Like, the closest opportunity you're going to get to have a scout team get walloped on TV, right? Like, that's just as close as you're going to get a chance to do it. This is the time to, if you really have, like, a concern about a particular play, maybe really force that screen a couple times to see if you can finally get it right. Oh, Jesus Christ. The screw, oh, my God, the screens. Yeah, man, because <laughs> you need to get that shit handled before USC, even before the fucking buy. Use the buy to move on to Michigan, to move on to Stanford, to move on to whoever the fuck else is coming. But this whole first half, this offense doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be. That needs to end this fucking weekend. That needs to be done. And if it isn't, then you just need it's like, OK, we're scrapping it at this point and we need to find a way to move forward because yeah, you, you can't be guessing around. Look, SC does not look overly dangerous, but they could end up messing around to end up crawling back into the top 25 at the end of the season. And it'll be nice to have that on the resume. And they got enough talent in the, um, at quarterback, at the skill positions to be a problem. Michigan, yeah. it's look, it's a road game, so it's going to be tough. Beyond how bad they've looked on the lines, 
this is a way they can help salvage their season by knocking off what should be a Notre as long as there's no stumbles. This is a top 10 opponent. It's Notre Dame. And this is Harbaugh's chance to beat a top 10 opponent. Finally. So don't think they're going to yeah. come with, with a whole lot of nothing. They're going to come with something. And under the lights at Michigan has not exactly been kind to us lately. So I need, I, I cannot tell you how badly I need them to win under the lights at Michigan. Like 2011 has never left me. <laughs> it has never left. Well, me. poor Troy pride. He gave us all a reminder on that very, very terrible pass interference I, that extended a drive early in the game, but and he rebounded from it. So let's yes, just go ahead and yeah, get that. That's important. Thing. Yeah. So really, that's what you're hoping for Notre Dame is that they can bounce back. And there, there were signs that they kind of got things here and there, but it really, it all falls in the end book. And one of the actual things is it was mentioned. Um, I, I was listening to the the Shamrock because they did immediately after the post game presser they recorded a podcast. I didn't realize they didn't send Ian Book out there at all for media availability, which is highly they, really, yeah, which is highly concerning. Or where this dude's head's at. Yeah, it's almost like they knew he knows it's fucked. <laughs> like if the if the coaches are 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 making enough decisions to be like, just don't talk to them because they're all gonna ask you why you suck. Like mm, <laughs> that speaks to a larger issue on both levels, right? Yeah, it's it's again, that's one of your captains. And look, you, you can you can re- rephrase, uh, rephrase that by look you know the defense had such a great day we wanted to send as many defensive captains and players out there but we all know that every single game Ian Book has been out there he has been the one in the post game pressers he is the first player out and yeah. he was yeah. nowhere to be found at all from anything I've seen now I don't know if there was some other post game interview but uh, from what uh, Samson said is that he was not available to the media. Yeah, that's uh, they put him on the struggle bus. Yeah, which look yeah. to uh, to be fair, nothing productive is going to happen from Ian talking to the media. Sure, like, yeah, it's not going to help. Like, like, it's, it's not going to help, but he he also should be able to. And, and for all I know, book very well could be like, no, coach, that's not right. I should be out there. And BK said, no, 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 this is no longer your decision. So we, yeah, essentially, you don't. And those things do happen in the locker room, by the way. Uh, there's, there's a couple different ways player availability, or at least this is how it worked when I was there, uh, for practices, they would put up in, uh, individuals lockers that you're available. And this is before practice. Oh, really? So I'm assuming it still kind of works like this. So it's like, you're talking to the media, you're talking to the media, you're talking to the media. So they know before they even step on the field, they're talking to the media that day after the game. It's a little bit different. They go and say, Hey, you know, you're coming, you're coming, you're coming. And it's a mix of the SID slash head coach making that decision. And usually the SID is the one, you know, picking them out or, or one of the uh, other uh, staff assistants that are out there uh, that work with the, okay. the team. Okay. So I'm assuming book will have media availability again. I don't think there's going to be a complete shutdown on it. Uh, maybe this was just a play in that to where again, head coach decisions like you're just going to get your head right right now. And we're not yeah. going to mess with this whole media thing. Um, which, if that's the case, great. I still don't like it, but it is what it is. But it, it's at least I something feel to mention. Like the tent poles of struggling offense are: Hey, the quarterback's not exactly available to the media. Hey, Brian Kelly is actually turning purple on occasion. <laughs> um, and you know things like captains not performing well. You know, someone like a Fink. You know, having struggles like these are things that cascade down. Like these are not. It's not individual problems. These are things that are 
you know, it's it's a quarterback receiver relationship, right? Chris Fink doesn't just get to go out there, grab the ball and do stuff. If his quarterback isn't feeding him properly, he struggles. That starts to spread through those two players. And then the coach has to start to take control of that. Like, if I don't silence this myself, the narrative will be too evident to be silent. Right. You know? And then it's actually going to start getting into your head and affecting more than yes. it ever should for you. And look, and, yeah. and this is, again, the reminder, these are not professional athletes. It always, one of the things that always amazes me when I watch college football on Saturday and then go to the NFL on Sunday, the one thing that always stands out is anytime, you know, there's two different things that stand out. One is that all the scores are dramatically lower across the board. <laughs> and it's because these defenses know what the heck they're doing. It's very rare that you have, and, and I know um, the Tampa Bay and uh, Los Angeles had a crazy one today, but uniformly, they know what they're doing to such a level that the struggles, it's like, okay, it's expected because these guys are really good that I'm playing against, so we're just yeah. going to keep trying until I'm able to punch through. And then also, you see that in every single spread. You don't see double-digit spreads in the NFL. You Almost very ever. rarely ever see them. Yeah, the Dolphins have a bunch this year, and it's freaking people yeah. out. <laughs> it's, it, that's how rare it is. The fact that you see it that many times, it's rare. The totals are almost always in the 40s. They're in the 30s as well, and it's not outlandish. It's a totally different game because it's gotten to that level. The reason college football lines are all over the place and everybody thinks they can find a way to beat it is because you're dealing with imperfect 20-somethings at best. Massively unpredictable <laughs> human beings. <laughs> so it, it, it's, a, it's a very – and you have other things going on. In the NFL, this is their jobs. 24-7, that's all they're doing. They're, they are eat, sleep, breathe football. Regardless of what program you're at, even if you want to say, oh, well, there's other schools that don't try hard at school. Well, there's still some attempts, okay? Like, right, and even right. if there's not, there's still college stuff going on around them as well. Right. That is a whole different situation than it is when you're on your own and you hopefully got things figured out. You don't have an agent that'll check up on you saying, hey, you know what? You maybe shouldn't do that. They're kind of out on their own right now. So there's all these different things that go into play. And therefore, you get weird. What is wrong with your head moments? Because that's where, that's where yeah. the offense is at right now. Um, and it's not everybody. Uh, the offensive line played a hell of a lot better. There were still false start penalties, which I just I, I I'm look. It's time to start 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 sounding the alarm. Like guys, what the fuck at home? Like really, fifty yards worth of penalties. Nine of them. And they had a, on the there was a graphic up there that Georgia was, you know, an anomaly in the BK era. He had never had that many penalties. And then it almost happens again. They're almost in the double digits. And when the false starts are happening, you can see BK. He just had this look of how else am I supposed to tell these guys to freaking do a snap count? Yeah, man. Like, I, I understand that some of it definitely falls at the coaches and preparation. But at some point. The players got to remember what the damn snap count is, and they got to be disciplined enough to do it. The only other resort you have is benching people. And do you really want to bench some of that O-line and have the backups come in? As I, I sure as heck don't. No, no knock on our backups, but those five that are out there are the five I want out there. But they were chosen to start for a exactly. reason. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the red play says, put your big boy pants on and focus. Yeah, exactly right. That's what you got to do. It that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, um, I'm concerned about the offensive lines, general lack of, of 
focus, or I guess uh, discipline would be the football term. Um, I'm concerned about Ian Book. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, think about what I just said. I'm concerned about the offensive line. I'm concerned about the quarterback. Where else does the offense go through? <laughs> Those two pieces. <laughs> and then you got Claypool I mean, banged up a little with an ankle that was highly yeah. concerning. Thankfully, his, his ankle was just a little twisted. It's not even going to affect him for the week. By the way, we haven't even acknowledged this, but it's very important that we acknowledge Sean Crawford. So Sean Crawford went down with what looked oh, like. Oh, God, and I that had, looks so bad. I, I did apologize for tweeting it, but I just I had to point this out. It's like his arm was bent at the complete wrong fucking direction. And we got word today that it was just a dislocation and he's only going to be out three to four weeks. Thank I was going to be so sick if BK said that he was going to be out again. He immediately started crying on the field. Like he thought, fuck, fuck again. (laughs) uh, It's like, what else do I have to do? It's like, it's like God's telling me I can't play football. (laughs) And yet he's so fucking good at it. It's like, what's the message? This is the most mixed fuck up (laughs) shit. Am I being gaslit right now? (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, he's, it's just three or four weeks, thankfully, but man, that was gruesome, but no, it's just that defense isn't a question. It feels really good to have that feeling that the defense is not going to give the shit up, but it feels equally shitty that it's like, how many years ago was it that the offense had their shit together and the defense didn't now it's like, God damn it. Like we get the one good thing finally going on defense and the offense decides to fuck off. Really? <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, again, it's not that the, again, the offense isn't bad. It, the off, it's that middling Big Ten offense, and you know it yeah. might be good enough to get you into the Rose Bowl. It might, <sighs> but it ain't gonna. If you get into the playoff and you're still doing this shit, well, I'll tell you right now what's gonna happen. You're gonna be exiting in the first round again. Yeah, you're asking, oh, Depending on who you face, if you keep on this track, you end up in New Year's Six. Depending I on mean, who you draw, it could end very yeah. badly for you again because this defense. And look, defense travels. Defense can win you a hell of a lot of football games. Defense made Ty Willingham look like a really damn good coach. But yeah, the turnover margin is insane right now. It's absurd. It is, it is absolutely insane. And man, did the Sim call that one or what? But Yo, here's the thing. The Sims get more accurate. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> here's the thing. That's not sustainable. Some of that's turnover luck. Those balls don't all bounce your way every single time. So you have to get it together and ride the wave while you can. Your defense is still going to carry you. They got you. But at some point, you got to, again, you got to put your big point pants on. You got to execute. Fink has got to be able to get his head right. Book's got to be able to get his head right. And hopefully everybody gets healthy enough to give that injection of confidence that we saw in drive one in Louisville. Because... Again, I want everybody just for a moment to think about that first drive and be, oh, damn, this offense just, looks good. It, everybody remember it, in the preseason, this will be like Brian Kelly's best offense ever. Yeah, that's what we kept saying. Huh. <laughs> oh, and so oh. the elements are there. Yeah, we, we, we just got to find a way to put it together. Yeah, it just boils down to getting the fucking job done. That's it. And I mean, it, I, I suspect that this is going to be quite the therapeutic weekend for the offense to get its real, you know, get its juices flowing, get its cojones nice and It's going to be up. personally therapeutic for me to watch BBG to get his ass handed wait. to him. I cannot <laughs> wait. I want to see all the mustachioed screaming and all the fucking, you know, the when he when he would yell, <laughs> he he did this like milking himself on the sideline. <laughs> he, he always yelled like he was an angry bird trying to establish territory. <laughs> 
Um, I I just want to see it all. But it's going to be, this is what I said before, this needs to be the, just fucking shake it out like a rug over the balcony. Just get everything out of the fibers, get it clean. So heading into USC, take the breather and actually appreciate the bye week. Not, hey, hey, we got to get some fucking work in because we clearly got to work some shit out after you. No, it needs to be like, a, let's get this shit rolling. No more. I'm, I'm tired of waiting for the offense to go back to drive one, like you said. Yeah, and, and hope uh, it's time to hit that reset button right now, and that's 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 what this this week is going to be about, uh, and it's why at the beginning of the season I said I like the way the schedule lays out. It was because of this exact reason: Georgia and a rough spot. It's early, but after that point, you get Virginia was much better than I expected, so you had two back to back rough ass games. That is very hard out of the gate to to be able to do. Only Texas A and M, I think, has faced something anywhere close to that insanely hard. So after that point, then you got you got SC, then you got by, then you got Michigan, and now all of a sudden you're like, ooh, the rest of the schedule doesn't look so bad now. Yeah, because then it's what? Virginia Tech, Duke, Navy, like you you actually get opportunities to be like, you should not get caught slipping, right? But now these next two, this after this opponent, after uh bowling green, you get two Respect that you know. Respect the history. Potential bullshit. These people, these teams, they hate each other. You get actual storylines. After that, it's like if you lose, that's all you, bro. Like, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> well, folks. Uh, Sunday night football has ended poorly for me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh goddamn it! Hell yeah, bitches. Cowboys lose. Thanks, Melfi. <laughs> I appreciate it. We all love Notre Dame here, but man, no one else likes the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I just wonder what happened when the, the Giants played. Has that game happened yet? Has that game happened yet, uh, Melfi? Uh, if, if you can, can you remind me of the score? Just curious. Oh. All right. Well, it, yeah, it, it's, time, it's time to move on. It's time to let BVG <laughs> to come in here and get his righteous ass whooping. Uh, but folks, yeah. want to thank everybody that joined us live here on twitch.tv slash Sons. Make sure if you haven't subscribed over to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you happen to get your podcasts at. Make sure you join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at our home over at HerLoyalSons.com. We'll see you back here Wednesday for some picks. Until then, go Irish. Beat the hell out of BBG. See you later. Bye.